You're listening to DraftKings Network. I would not know. I'm not an NHL player. She is giving her opinion as a veteran player of the league. Yeah. I love it. I'm, you know, from my experiences, I would say. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Allison Lucan. Welcome back to Too Many Men, part of the Lebetard and Friends Network. As always, I am thrilled to be joined by my globe-trotting, persevering through all kinds of lack of sleep and other challenges, still gorgeous, still smart, still witty, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? Oh, we are trotting this globe, and I apologize if my Wi-Fi stinks, everybody, because it is kind of going in and out, but I'm trying my best. I am trying my best. That's how I'm doing. How are you? <laughs> I am good. And then we have our multi-sport tennis aficionado, multi-task-oriented, power play analyzing, elimination game summarizing, the gorgeous... Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hi. (laughs) Well, we are back, y'all. It is time to check in with what's going on in the playoffs. As um, you all should know, Sarah and Shana both covering the NHL for the Athletic. And we have some series to get into. There's a couple that are, well, there's three of the four here in round two that are still going on. We're going to summarize a couple that are still in play, but then there's two that are really demanding our attention. So that's where we're going to focus Very quickly, uh, game four of the New York-Carolina series goes down tonight. We'll see if Carolina can ever win on the road. And then, of course, we have the battle. (laughs) Ever. ever. (laughs) And then we'll see if the Battle of Alberta starts to swing back in the favorites way, which would be towards Calgary, or if the uh, Edmonton-Connor McDavid's are going to continue to make a stance. Um, But while those series are still in debate... We have one other series that came to a close, and we have one series that um, is demanding some attention, not just for what's happening on the ice, but off, and we wanted to spend the bulk of our time there um, with you all. We will, of course, dive back into those other two series as they get closer to their decision points. Um, But first and foremost, um, the President's Trophy Cup winners, friends, are done. They are headed to the golf course. When I looked back this morning, y'all, I looked at our predictions for this round, and all three of us not only had Florida advancing, we had Florida advancing in six games. Instead, we have Florida losing in four straight to Tampa Bay. To me, it was, of course, a dominant performance by Andre Vasilevsky, but as much as I love my data, my friends, what really shocked me was... Something even uh, Coach Brunette said um, when he was talking about Florida, you just felt like Tampa had the mental fortitude to will this game in the direction that they wanted. Sarah, what did you see from this series? Did something surprise you, or is this just what we should have expected from Tampa all along? I guess we get so caught up in these narratives, right, that they were running out of gas, but who are we to say they're running out of gas? They were fine in the regular season. Maybe they had a few bad games who doesn't I guess I expected more from the series in general though like the battle of Florida it was supposed to be two juggernauts going at it but Florida just fell apart offensively 
Shana, what did you see? Yeah, this was a really bland series, and it's interesting because you could look at it and go, like, maybe they needed it to happen in round one to have a little bit more juice, like, for both sides. But it's, like, I don't know. I feel like it still might have been similar to this. Like, Florida just didn't have it. They didn't have what made them successful all year throughout the postseason, and this was no different. Like, we're going to talk about Vasilevsky, but it's not – he Florida gave him work, sure, but like that, they should have challenged him more. So when you consider the fact that they weren't generating offense at even strength around the power play the way they should have, and then the fact that they have Vasilevsky to go through, like it didn't go in their favor. And you know, credit to Tampa, they weathered the loss of Braden Point better than I think any of us expected. And like you said, it's the it's the the will to do it. You saw the desperation from the Lightning, and they know what it takes, and they had it. And it's a lesson for the Panthers to learn, but. Good luck. Like, seriously, um, good luck rebuilding from this. Do we think the strip club thing really happened? Do we think they went to the strip club? Because that's pretty awesome, and I'm mad they lost. <laughs> yeah. Like, I did they go? That's The big question is, did they go? If they went and it didn't work out, then it's going to be like, well, they were exhausted from that, even though, like, you can go to bed at 3 a.m. and still have a pregame nap and probably be fine. Like, I'm sure. But... I mean, look, at the season's frustrating. <laughs> she knows from experience. Just just saying, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But, no, I just feel like that would have been a good way to blow off steam. I just think the, the optics are bad if it's yeah. the night before a game, like, because normally yeah. you wouldn't have back-to-back games. But, like, if they did that and bonded as a team somehow and just literally blow off some steam, it's a hard season. Everything is difficult. Like, so fucking what? Who cares what they do in their own time? Let's not act like other teams don't do that. Like, good for them. I mean, getting rest wasn't working, so switching <laughs> it up, I guess. But this didn't work either, so here we are. Disappointing. I'm disappointed in this team. I feel like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. And, Sarah, you tweeted this out, too, and I I laughed but agreed, is that, you know, you've talked to players who – if let's let's just go with the assumption that they did go to the strip club. Let's just say they did. Like this isn't a new type of behavior that has happened among hockey teams, even in situations like what Florida was facing. Yeah, exactly. Work hard, play hard, and it's like the good old days of going to the strip club before they elimination game. Okay, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I I don't know that I have a problem with it. I. I don't know. I feel because I mean, again, it's about managing their body, right? Like to Shana's point, like if you if you had to blow off steam and then still manage your body and did your fueling process and your rest process that you need, like I don't think that these players on any team, regardless of the series score situation, that the minute the game is over, they're going back to their hotel or to their home and resting. Even guys who are playing at home, like they have to go home, they have to take care of families, maybe they have to do something with their wife or their children or their spouse, like. I don't know. It's all about what it, they went out fine. How did they use that time and how did they recover after that time? Those would be the bigger questions for me. Definitely. It takes a few hours to wind down after games. Any guy will tell you that. Uh, absolutely. Yep. And did it, did it look like they didn't have the energy yesterday? Like that wasn't the case. They put up 49 shots on goal. They were shooting yeah. a ton of pucks. They really did work their asses off and they ran into an elite goalie who's otherworldly in elimination games like I don't know maybe you should have tried this earlier in the series but then like I also want to know if they did go to a strip club and it worked is that your new superstition or did you change the vibes once and that's enough do you have to go to a strip club every time is it that one strip club because now they could be going back to 
you know, sunrise, and I'm sure you could go find anything you wanted in Miami, but, like, is that what you would need to do? And, like, I mean, I already respect it. It's a fun storyline, but instead everyone gets so sensitive about it. It looks bad because it's an elimination game. It looks bad because they got swept. But, like, maybe they should have tried this after game two. Maybe that's what the problem is all along. But I don't know. People just, like, forget. Like, these athletes are not robots, and, you know, you just do your thing, and they're not these perfect humans that go on the ice, and then they turn, they unplug when they get to the locker room, and they just sit there until someone plugs them in for the next game. Like, that's not how this works. Here's something we were debating yesterday um, around the office is, okay, so if you're Florida and you're down 3 nothing in the series, would you have rather been swept but on the road and be done with it, or would you have wanted to play, force a game five, and then, for all intents and purposes, lose when you go back home? Where would you have wanted to end your series in the way this series went down for the first three games? Sarah? Good question. Um, it's the plane rides home are miserable when you lose. I think I'd rather lose at home and give the Florida fans one more game. Gate revenue and all that. Too. <laughs> Shit, all the yeah. Benjamins here. <laughs> Shayna? I'm of the same opinion. Also, like, when you get swept, it looks a lot worse, even if it's to Tampa, even if it, you know, at the end of the day, getting swept, it looks bad if you won the President's Trophy and had all these high expectations. If you could have pushed the series another game, I'm, I'm sure. It, it's I'm, Look, you lose in four games, you lose in five games, you lose at the end of the day. It feels like fucking shit, I'm sure. But, you know, I would not know. I'm not an NHL player. She is getting her opinion as a veteran player of the league. Yeah. I love it. I'm, you know, from my experiences... I would say. No, but I mean, either way, it's going to suck. So it's just a matter <laughs> matter of managing the suck. I feel like one more game, you probably feel better. Like, hey, at least we got one win against possibly the eventual cup champions again, or at the very least, the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champions. That's not nothing. I mean, but like, could we imagine if this was, for a second, Toronto in this position? Because... How does this Against affect Tam- the Leafs, Shana? Good job. How does this Good affect job. the Leafs? I want to know. Imagine, imagine Toronto got swept in round two to Tampa Bay, like, and the reactions that there would be, and if they went to a strip club, because I feel like this story would be blowing up way more than it did, and there would definitely be more than one person with the best sources. There'd be a lot of people with sources, I imagine, because it's Toronto. Shana's Steve very- Simmons is out there at the hot dog, dog. kiosk. <laughs> Shana's very into the, the strip club story. I feel like Shana might know, has some angle here. I, I, I keep wanting to ask her. I keep wanting to ask her a hockey drama. question, and she keeps going back. I'm impressed. This is, this no, is a this new is, a new angle I, for you, I, Shana. I'm throwing out the stats. I'm going by vibes alone on this series right now because wow. all the stats don't matter when you have Andre Vasilevsky in a series clinching game. He has six out of his last seven. He shut out his opponent. He saved like almost 17 goals above expected in his last. You know, series clinching games. Uh, that's that's stupid. So throw everything else out. It's about the vibes for the Panthers because, you know, it just is. That's just the rules right now. They're out. They're going to go play golf. They'll have a lot of time to think about this. So we're going to think about it for them a little bit. In conclusion, we just need a picture of Joe Smith, like on the first day of school when he first started covering the Lightning, and now after all these playoff runs, where is he now? My goodness gracious! <laughs> I do have I do have two hockey questions before we leave this series and put it to bed. Okay, we'll stick to hockey. And, and Fine. the first is the first is Shana. <laughs> You did, you did a piece for Sportsnet on looking at, because, you know, the Florida was the highest scoring team in the league this season, and their power play had a power outage in the postseason. Ooh. It took them, yeah, mm, 
It took them 25, if I've got my number correct here, 25 power plays before they finally got a score with the man advantage. And this is also a team that got a ton of attention for playing five forwards on their power play for a lot of the time, um, with Aaron Ekblad being injured there for some time. Shayna, what did you see went into that power play breaking down? So what's interesting is when you look at the numbers from the regular season after the deadline, which is what I focused on because that was the five forward unit, and I felt like that was more appropriate based on like who was in the lineup um, because that's when they brought in Drew and you know obviously lost Ekblad versus where they were in the postseason. So many of their shots came from the point in the playoffs, and so many of them came off of Aaron Ekblad's stick, and it's interesting because when Barkov played the point, he did not shoot the puck as much, but they were generating more from the quality areas. And, you know, you go into the playoffs and Barkov and Ekblad were two of the more frequent shooters. And Barkov did play both the point and the circle. Um, but you could just see more coming from the outside than the inside. And you can also see a lot less passing. You could pinpoint, you know, players who were passing the puck more than they were shooting or they weren't at their usual heights. But it was like a downgrade in pretty much every number for almost every player. And, you know... It hurts for them, I'm sure, but they were also adjustments I think that should have come sooner. Like, it shouldn't have been last minute that they decided to put Huberto back on his offside because you had a lefty in the you know left circle, righty in the right circle. Players can't move the puck and shoot as quickly if that's your formation and you don't have as good of a shooting angle. So it they had some, like, flaws in their formation, and I don't know. I, I'm a little surprised, like, Carter Hagee didn't get a shot. Instead, they put Hornquist there, and it worked, but... there's a lot with that power play they got to figure out and then the other big kind of hockey play that people were focusing on um, was in game three when the game looks like it's going to go to overtime and Tampa Bay scores the game winner with mere seconds left after Mackenzie Wieger bites and goes down below the goal line now there's been a lot of debate about this some say it was a poor decision by him to go down and bite below the goal line some say he was anticipating his center or his forward who was behind him top of the zone to come down and cover the slot. Sarah, have you taken time? I know you're covering another series. Have you taken time to form an opinion on that play? Yeah, we actually asked Rod Brindamore about this and he was just like, look, everybody makes so like mistakes like that throughout games. You just kind of don't expect that to happen. Like I guess you notice it when something bad happens, but just don't go behind the net. Like, Oh, it stresses me out when defensemen do that. I, just focus on the net, like focus on the net and the puck. This is day one stuff, but obviously it's hard when you're in any like in the NHL in this situation. I feel bad for him because it's just a mistake that's made a lot. It just so happened that you don't do it against Tampa, apparently. Goal side, puck side, rule number one, right, of positioning in in a sport. But yes, here we exactly. are. Exactly. <laughs> it's easier said than done. Exactly. That is true. So here we are, my friends. Florida's uh, glorious season comes to an unceremonious end, um, most likely for Panthers fans, not in a good place. Um, We're sorry. Um, But hey, if there's any silver lining, perhaps it can be that Tampa Bay is a team that was a President's Cup or President's Trophy winning team. And then they came back the next year. And then that was what started kind of their actual real cup dominance. So That may happen. It's going to be up to Florida to figure out some things here. But Tampa now has a nice uh, a nice path to see where if they can get back to another final. Um, So that is it. The Battle of Florida is over. Tampa Bay wins it in four straight. 
Um, but perhaps an, an, the more interesting stories that unfortunately are demanding that we look at not just on ice but off ice um, events is the Colorado St. Louis series, the one series that we didn't have a battle in the name for. And unfortunately, they've they forced us to look at a battle of things that we really are sick of having to deal with, but they are essential. Uh, in game three, St. Louis takes the win, but in a controversial play, Nazim Kadri goes into Bennington. He comes out of the game. Obviously, there's going to be tension in a situation like that. Regardless, there was also the incident where Samuel Girard gets his sternum broken, which just I can't even imagine the pain involved in the force that made that happen. That's a big bone. Um, but as a result, Nazim Kadre, who has had a history of some controversial plays, had some suspensions, um, is reported and comes out that the police have to get involved in some racist attacks on Nazim Kadri as a result of that play. And then Craig Berube refuses to comment on any such feedback coming from the St. Louis fan base, we presume, um, in the wake of that. And then last night in game four on the road, Nazim Kadri has perhaps the best kind of response one can have in the situation, which is he comes back and pushes solely drives, if you will, his team to a win, including a hat trick. Um, there is a lot to unpack here. There is a lot of hockey to unpack. There is a lot of really important stuff that has nothing to do with hockey to unpack. Sarah, I know this has been really front of mind for you. Share with us your thoughts on both the on-ice efforts, but then more importantly, what's happening off the ice. Yeah, I mean, do we understand how hard a playoff hat trick is to do? And then when you're in the face of adversity like that, his wife shared some of the comments, just some of the comments um, that he was getting on Instagram, and it was just disgusting and threatening. And it's like... It's almost, it's so sad that they have to do that to prove that this is happening, but it's just like the world we live in now where people don't believe you and don't give you the benefit of the doubt. And I just think it's disgusting that people are like, we need proof. Like I, anybody who has dealt with racism or sexism can tell you that that's happening. Like, of course. And it's just such a shame, but the response was just like, he didn't even need to say anything, but... I did like the interview with TNT where they called out the racism. Um, I think we need to do more and more of that. And I hated that Craig Berube had no comment. It would be great if he would comment on it and clear that up. But until now, um, until then, just kind of assume. I don't know. So that's like a bad, I just lost my train of thought a little bit there. But I, I don't know. What do you think? Shana. Um, I think it's very easy to say that racism is yeah. bad and you can be mad at what went on on the ice. And here's the thing that sucks, like of all players to be involved in this, there's a reason people get upset. It's Kadri. When the pressure rises of the playoffs, he has shown numerous times, including last year against this very team, that his game, he doesn't manage the intensity well and he channels it the wrong way and does things that cross the line. We know that. When I saw it with him in that collision, I was like, it does not matter the intent and at first I was like "Ooh, not great and then I watched the replays and I'm like I don't know how he could have avoided that now I'm not I'm not a player I cannot get into that mindset but for me I look at it and go I don't know how you avoid that so I don't sit there blaming him I get why the Blues are upset with him 100% he does not get the benefit of the doubt it takes on another level when things you know transpire the way that they did and it's pretty predictable that they did 
this is hockey after all. It's not exactly an inviting space if you're not a white man who's been involved in it forever. If you're different at all, you're wrong. And it's upsetting. You know, you see Bruby make the comments about Kadri's past. And sure, he has a point because he does have a past of crossing the line, especially in the playoffs. But it's very easy to take that and go, okay, but what about your past? And what about your goaltender's past? Yeah. We can talk about Jordan Bennington. If you want to talk about more recent past, we can talk about Jordan Bennington. And we have saw his comments online. And yes, they were tweets. Sure, you can think that they're harmless. But is it harmless? It, like, I don't know. If you're in the position that you're not the one that's hearing this on the other side, it really isn't harmless. And then to see him, he has the biggest loser energy you could imagine. Like, Big loser energy. You want to talk about someone being a baby. I get it. You're upset your postseason just ended. Your series ended at the very least. And at that moment, he didn't know it. I get it. You're upset. But, dude, you're throwing a water bottle at Kadri is not a good look. And then when you consider everything else, I look at your past and say, wow, that might have been fueled by, you know, someone could just go, that might have been fueled by more than just being upset your your series ended because of yeah. your past of you like you know it could go so much for it goes so much further than it has to go at the end of the day it's an unfortunate play it happened you want to be upset with Kadri go off figure out a way to beat him without physically beating him and I get why a player like David Prom was upset but he crossed the line too and Kadri channeled it in the perfect way he had three shots on goal no misses no blocks three shots all of them ended up in the back of the net he had an assist on the empty net goal that celebration people might be upset about that he taunted the crowd guess what fuck the crowd fuck everybody that was racist to him if austin matthews scored a goal in a series and did that to the crowd which we've seen happen or patrick kane did it and we've seen happen and here are guys with legitimately controversial past we weren't complaining that they were disrespectful and taunting the crowd Oh my god, give me a fucking break with the taunting the crowd thing. I That's just like hockey culture and that's why this sport isn't as popular as other sports because they're not allowed to celebrate a hat trick. Like, you gotta be kidding me, especially in the face of everything he's dealt with. He is a lot, it wasn't even that big of a celebration. Like, are you kidding me? They were waiting to say that, it felt like. And I think yeah. you're so right about Bennington and Brube and their past. And I think they need to call out the racist taunts and threats. Like they just need to, it's not a no comment situation. How well, hard is it to say, we don't condone racism. Yeah. We don't condone what Kadri did on the ice. We don't condone Kadri's play in the playoffs. We don't condone a lot about his game on the ice. We do not condone racism. Let's keep it to on the ice. And then if it was just everything that happened with Perron crossing the line and being, I mean, I would say intent to injure with that that elbow after the second goal. If we just left it there, we could talk about how they're being assholes on the ice, but this is reactionary, this is hockey, whatever. But it took another level, and you couldn't figure out a way to say anything. Like, good going. Well, and like you guys have said, I mean, the whole thing here, too, is people like, oh, you know, everyone cry racism, cry sexism, whatever. And to Sarah, as Sarah said, like, if you have been in that experience, you already know the minute you say it, that you're going to get people prove it. How do you know? That's not true. So no one chooses to share that experience out of like, this is going to be fun. Like, let's let's just throw this out here. And secondarily, with the examples you guys have shared, Yes, people can say, oh, you're making too big of a deal out of it. But Shana and Sarah both just illustrated a ton of things 
that are very comparable that we're not making a big deal out of it. It's apparently not a big deal that Mike Babcock's name still gets thrown around to be a coach. It's not a big deal that Joel Quenville is being talked about about being able to return to coaching. It's not a big deal that Evander Kane is playing and that his teammates think he's great and that the NHL site is writing redemption stories for him. These things are not a big deal, but a player of a different background than a bunch of white men is doing some things that they take huge issue with, there's the disparity. And that's when you have to look at the driving force as to why. And we're not in, I, I mean, I know people say it's not a big deal. And at the end of the day, it is kind of funny that Bennington threw a water bottle at him. But if we're going to be enraged about an on-ice celebration, about a goal, and have people saying this shows he doesn't understand team, but you're fine with someone throwing a water bottle at someone else, like you can't, you either have to have similar outrage for your respect of the game or you're telling on yourself. And that's the plain and simple truth of this. Hell yeah. Well <laughs> fucking said. Yeah, well said, well said. <laughs> so what did you guys think of how David Perron channeled his frustration? Because he matched it with the 2-0 game. Good for him. He's been a playoff player, comes to play. The after the first goal, they were upset that with the celebration they reacted on the ice, which I don't want to say it's understandable to an extent, but it, it's expected. It started with the hit from Bucinevich that was fine in the corner and then escalated a little bit. But the elbow after that second goal, I know he didn't make contact, but can you talk about a deliberate play? And how do you help your team? This is this is where there's that fine line. How do you help your team? Let's say you do make contact with Kadri. You're getting how many games? In a in a perfect world, that's five to ten games, right? If you intend to injure someone, you targeted them, you went for them after the goal celebration, you just come flying in and take them out with a head injury. Let's say that happens. How do you help your team move on in this series? It's the same thing as saying Kadri just took them out of the series last year and look at how it burned them. There's a difference in how you channel it. Like, so what do you guys think of Peron yesterday? Allison, what do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, if we want to talk about hockey, it's we have to give him the same credit as we give Kadri, which is say, come back, get on the score sheet and things of that nature. I don't like the elbow. I don't like it. And I was just, here's what I was thinking about too, is we know in hockey culture, there's this narrative of like, defend the fact that they took out your goaltender. But here's what I wonder too, is that who so was their guy in the regular season? It's not like, and forgive me, I love this player. I'm talking more about the disparity of the, the skill. It's not like Andre Vasilevsky is out and Curtis McElhaney is coming in. Like, this is not the situation. Leave my boy alone. I love Curtis McElhaney. I love him. He's great. <laughs> but this is like, so if you're Vili Husso too, like, are you not like, guys, I, I, are you saying that I suck? Like, are you mad that now you have to play yeah. with me? Like, I, like, I get the frustration. As we have said, I understand being frustrated. I understand being mad if your goaltender's taken out. But you got a pretty good guy back there still. And to your point, Shana, if you are a player that's performing and able to respond in the face of adversity, don't do anything to take yourself out of the game or the series going forward if you're one of the guys that's able to contribute. I don't know, Sarah, do you have anything else? Yeah, no, that basically sums it up. Like, they can't lose anybody else if they want to beat the Avalanche. It's going to be 
interesting and it must be stated too underlying all of this is that this is going to be a contract summer for Nazim Kadri, who's going to need probably a new team. Do we agree with that or no? Just from a contract situation of what's happening. Numbers yeah, wise. Have to numbers take, wise. Yeah. I think he would have to take a pay cut to stay with Colorado when he was already on a team friendly deal. I look, NHL careers aren't long. You want to go make your money, make your money. And you know, I think there are going to be teams that want that want him because he's this blend of skill and edge that you want in a player. It's just honing in and making sure it doesn't cross the line. I think if he didn't have any controversial plays this summer, this postseason, everybody would be on the same page. Like he's getting paid, and maybe this one, you know, is another black mark on his on his record. Like, oh, but I don't know if you if I think most people would look at it and go, how much how much did he intend to do it, or how much did do these things happen like in yeah. hockey on ice flying at high speeds like I feel like there has to be an understanding that has to be positive for him as long as he doesn't do anything to get himself suspended that should help his payday well we the fans talk about Tom Wilson in this way but I don't think people in the sometimes the media and sometimes like just coaches and management talk like they all want Tom Wilson so if they have yep. these qualms about cadre maybe like ask yourself why exactly well said. All right, so we have now the series going back to Colorado for Game 5. In light of all of this and in light of how we've seen the teams respond and manage all of the emotions that are going on, if you had to make a pick for Game 5, what's your prediction, Shayna? Colorado. Sarah? Yeah, I already thought the Avs were going to win in 5. I guess that might not happen, but I think they're still going to win, and they're going to win tomorrow. Excellent, excellent. Well, there is going to be more hockey tonight, as we said, and we'll be coming back to you with more in-depth looks at those two series after these games. But as always, we like to end each episode of the show with a Fuck, Mary Kill. And this episode's Fuck, Mary Kill is timely. We have to do it now. And it comes from friend of the show, Prashant Ayer. And here we go, Sarah, we're going to have you up first. Here is your choices for Fuck, Mary Kill. It's all about sources. Strip club sources. Uber driver sources, for those of you who may remember the Ottawa drama. Or leaked email sources related to good old Lickgate coming out of the Boston Bruins. I'm going to marry strip club sources, of course, because I trust the strip club. I trust these people. Um, I'm going to kill Uber driver sources. That was really messed up. I think anybody who's been on a team that sucks has had those conversations. And I, I love that it came out because I thought it was hilarious. And I thought it was like, if I was a fan of that team, I would love to hear those players actually get mad and have these conversations that I'm having too, you know? And then I will fuck the leaked emails because Lickgate was just so ridiculous. Shayna? I don't want to, like, copy Sarah's answers, but I'm very much on the same page here. Like... I don't... I think it was really funny that it happened to the Senators, everything in the Uber, and I do think... It's nice to hear what players actually think, but the way it was released is wrong, and it was like an invasion of privacy. So for that, I will kill it. I'll fuck the emails with Lickgate because Brad Marchand knows how to get under everybody's skin, and while it was gross, 
it was also fucking funny. And this is a player who, you know, another player in the Tom Wilson cadre category. This is an elite player, elite, elite player on both ends of the ice. And he knows how to get under everyone's skin. And when he can walk the line that he does and play at that level, it's, it's really fun to watch. And that's another way to frustrate players. Who knew? Here for it. And I will marry the strip club sources because it, I don't think it got the attention it should have. But to the fact that someone was saying they have the best sources, I would like to ask that. I, fuck the strip club story itself. I need to know more about the sources, how you have the best sources. What what makes you the expert on this? Um, the, the whole thing, there should have been more drama around this. We should have had more controversy than I think we actually did. And if this was... Again, a bigger market, I think it would have been blown out of proportion even more and just been total chaos. And I think this is what the situation deserves just for the best sources alone. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to be a little bit different, I think, just for sake of all things. (laughs) But I think I'm going to kill Lickgate only because I hate when all that stuff comes out the way it comes out and player safety and all of this stuff and blah, 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 blah. So I'm over and I'm over the leaked email sources because if you're that stupid to like be a decision maker (laughs) and put stuff in email, like, I'm sorry, I cannot. Um, And then I'm going to, I'm going to marry, I have to marry the strip club sources at all because I feel like, you know, that's just like a sacred space and I love that this came out. And again, I think it's fun. Um, And I will fuck the Uber driver sources because those guys literally got fucked when when that came out. Um, So that's what I'm going to say there. Um, I also want to share, we we talked about um, the Colorado St. Louis situation. I'm sure this will be a topic of conversation going forward. But one last note is that uh, we mentioned Jordan Bennington's past. Apparently during, it is presumed if we look at the timeline roughly, um, the tweets that he's had out there for quite some time were all deleted at some point yesterday. Um, so that's an interesting... Wow, so Were he can they? delete the, the tweets and he can't speak up, so he knows it's wrong. He needs to speak up. Wow, so. he can he thinks he can clear his past, but Kadri can't, so he comes out. I want to know if it was his idea or, like, the Blues PR, too. And, like, if you're the Blues yeah. PR, how do you not say to Baruby, like, hey, we know this about you. Not even, hey, we know this about you. Hey, say this one line. And yep. did did they not instruct him to... Or did he just not do it? But the fact that Bennington did it, I mean, hell, he had the time in the press box as they kept flashing up to him. Yes, indeed. So it's it's this is going to be interesting. And again, folks, uh, you can certainly have every opinion you want to have about hockey. That is your right. Um, we'll always welcome that debate. But what we will not welcome debate on is that racism is not tolerated. Um, and everyone deserves the opportunity to play and feel safe when they play. Um, no matter what, what's going on in the game. Um, all right. Anything I missed, Sarah or Shayna? No. Oh, let's talk about you can buy merch and the drinkware is very nice because Allison may have accidentally shipped it to me and I opened it not knowing what it was. So I could see just how nice it was. The wine tumbler I opened, very cute. You should definitely order one. Shayna, I literally pimp the merch every time in our clothes. I know, but I was just I, now that I've seen it, I'm 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 letting you know it's nice. I have to go I have to go tape up one of the boxes and mail it to you. Okay, Sarah, anything else I missed? I think you nailed it all. I, unfortunately, this Bruin Bruins. Oh my god! Unfortunately, this Carolina uh, Rangers 
series sucks. It's so boring, but we'll see what happens tonight. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we have covered it all then there. As always, uh, you can find us on the Dan Lebetard and Friends podcast feed. You can follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. You can find our website at Too Many Men Pod, where, as Shana mentioned, you can always check out our <laughs> glorious merch, including new, brand new drinkware to hold your favorite summer beverage of choice. And until we talk again, be good to each other and racism is bad. Don't do it and speak out against it. That seemed easy to say. Wow. 